0: Now on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: This is Kevin calling from La
0: Cacenta, California. Kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing
2: primary residence in a state with no state income tax,
0: and provides unbiased answers.
2: Good question, though. Good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only, really, what, seven or nine states that have no income tax?
0: Invest Talk. Over 42 million downloads and counting. Across America and around the world, your participation makes it unique. 888 99
1: Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk. Independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast, and I enjoy hearing your. Fr- Your financial and investment questions, so I'm really waiting, wanting to take them, and you'll probably hear my voice is a little bit scratchy. Well, uh, I've been ill for several days over the week, and 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 I'm still still just trying to hang on. So it's the result is a scratchy little um, rough voice. So I apologize for that. Now you may have noticed that I that you know here on Invest Talk we talk about trying to grow your portfolio. That's what we do. So we go we, we go forward every day, reminding you I have no hidden agendas. I'm not trying to push anything on you. In fact, you you drive the show where it goes. You, it's Your questions that tell 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 us what we're going to talk about. Not me. I mean, I have issues. I have things that I want to discuss. But you come first. Your calls come first. So it's my goal to help you understand the environment that we're in, and it changes. And it has changed dramatically from quantitative easing period of years to now quantitative tightening. And that will dramatically affect the market. And we've seen how it's affecting the market. And it's going to continue to do so. Okay? So, the investment environment you're in today is vastly different. Vastly different. And you you have to understand, we have high inflation. We never hadn't hadn't had that in Decades. Decades. Now we have to deal with it. the The valuations you put on stocks, the how, how companies grow, you know, their profit margins, all that changes with with high inflation. So you have to understand the changes and try to invest in it. If you're going to invest the way you've been doing it ten years ago, or why, when the only thing that worked was grow stocks and they were far outperforming everything else, that's not going to be the same. It's not going you, if you're still using that method. You're not going to do very well. So try to adjust to the time. So it doesn't mean you don't buy growth stocks. It means you reevaluate them. You don't just pay 100, 200 PE and think, oh, that's, that's great. You, know, that's, you don't do that anymore. So I invite you to give me your call. We want to hear from you. Our anytime toll-free line is the same as always, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to our first question.
3: Hi, AT&T spinoff
0: WBD, Warner Brothers Discovery. Is that an advantage to shareholders shareholder holding AT&T, or is it a disadvantage, or can you elaborate a little bit on that?
3: This
2: is Leo Los Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, we talked about this before, not recently, uh, but I think it was a benefit for AT&T holders because they weren't, you know, the entertainment industry, even though it sounds like it was a great fit at the time, I don't think they were were running it very well or very efficiently. It it interfered with the profits and dividend paying ability of AT&T. And that's why people owned AT&T. So I'm, I'm pleased actually with them refocusing on what they do. And that is data Local long distance networks. Okay, so yeah, I kind of like it. ATT pays five point six percent dividend right now, and there's no danger of it not being able to pay that. It's a nineteen dollar and ninety six cent stock, and so it's come down from thirty dollars this year down to nineteen to twenty dollars. So I, I kind of like it at that point. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. So what did the market do today? Well, it was a big up day, a relief rally. Don't get too excited, okay? The Dow's up six hundred forty-one points. The uh, Nasdaq was up two hundred seventy-one points, and the S and P was up ninety points. And it was up at, from the beginning of the day and just stayed there for all three indexes. So, so I thought that was a you know pretty good pretty good day. So 888-992-4278 is our number. You can call anytime you want. look forward to talking to you. So I'm going to talk about today, If, with, if unless you ha- your calls drive, I'm going to talk about Goldman Sachs, strategists said up their recession fear. Huh. I'll tell you what, these experts are supposed to be smarter than this. Also, uh, what tech stocks should you be looking at tech stocks? And how will the street price in the recession or has the street wall street priced in the recession has it already been priced in with what we you know what's uh, how big of a downturn we've had and that's an interesting question i'm still having my doubts that 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 is built in yet let's take a quick break 88899 charters my number 8889924278 Look forward to hearing from you. This is Steve Peasley. Let's give this talk. Give me a call.
0: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious, if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here? When do I know the right time to take
3: it? should i be looking for an exit should i be holding here and listeners
0: instinctively realize that invest talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction
1: i think you have a terrific show and i've learned a whole lot hey guys love your show Uh, i've been listening for several years now and i've
3: Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. That's my number, 888-992-4278. My focus to- point today is based on the story U.S. experienced at least 30 recessions throughout history, dating back to early 1857. So are recessions inevitable? So that's what we're going to talk about. 888-99-CHART is our number. Let's go ahead and take another call.
3: Hey, folks, this is Matthew calling from Kentucky. I love your show. Appreciate all the advice. Uh, ticker symbol that I'm looking at is uh, Boeing
0: BA. It's something that I've been invested in for quite some time. and It's recently taken a pretty large tumble. Just wanted to hear your advice uh, on that as far as uh, averaging down
2: and uh, holding my position. BA is Boeing, everybody. Everybody knows who Boeing is. There's been a really resurgence in airplane travel, as we all know. Um, And if you've looked at booking anything, you know the costs are skyrocketing. Super high cost to take a plane anywhere. So uh, that will eventually help Boeing. I think eventually they're supposed to make $5.65 next year, and they're going to lose $0.73 a share this year. Okay, so it's a $136 stock. For me, that's way overpriced. I would never buy a Boeing, especially in a, a recessionary spat that we're having uh, going forward. I, I, there's no reason to own Boeing at this point, so I wouldn't do it. I, and you know I have a presence against airlines, okay? Uh, I have a presence against that because of the cost of buying the planes and then the, the fueling costs and the unions involved, and that kind of laps over into why I don't like I just don't it's not that I dislike it I just don't think it's ever gotten cheap enough for it to be attractive you know it's not something I I would want to own my focus point today is based on the story the U.S. has experienced at least 30 recessions so we've had 30 recessions since 1857 so are recessions inevitable I frankly think in a free economics system that we have that they are now, the Federal Reserve tries to avoid the recessions or mitigate them or whatever, and they have said that even though they're raising rates really strongly, that they think they could avoid a recession. Not, not that that is so rare. Uh, of the thirty recessions, there's only been one. One now, of course, they don't go. The Federal Reserve doesn't go all the way back to 1857, but there's only been one recession. Um, where they can claim or weakness in the stock market and in the economy where they can claim that the Fed may proactively prevent inflation. And that was in 1994. But I think they were already way too late raising rates again in this current session. I mean, they kept saying a year ago that inflation was a passing thing, right? They were saying it's going to be a short term it's it's not going to be here for and then and then they waited until it, what came in six seven eight percent oh maybe we should do something about that and then they raised rates last time before this last one a uh, 50 basis points and then they go, oh maybe that's not enough because inflation is still rising so they did 75 see see how they're behind it's like they're trying to catch up they should be getting ahead of it and this article is out that the, maybe once they got ahead of it in 1994. And that's it. Okay, iTunes review question. Uh, a listener called, uh, had a question. Looking to add robotics automation exposure. And I like GGNX. What are your thoughts? So CG Cognex Corporation. It's a $7.4 billion company. I don't know, Massachusetts manufacture modular vision systems that emulate the defects, varying assemblies and automate production hmm. eliminates defects uh, They make money they made money forever. They're gonna make a dollar uh, 68 a share this year up from dollar 50. next year dollar 97 pretty good sales growth uh, pretty strong sales growth. It's a $42 stock. So it's kind of expensive and it's a gross stock. And I'd stay away from it. I, I, don't be in a rush to get into these gross stocks. Don't wait till they get cheap. This is not cheap. This is not cheap. If it gets down to maybe, maybe the low 30s might be attractive. But frankly, I think it should, you know, it's worth it. I wouldn't buy it until it got to 20. Just wouldn't be something I'm interested in. I don't think anybody should be interested right now. Good, solid company, but we're moving into a break. My phone lines are open, 888-99-CHARTS. Have you heard about
0: Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the risk risk-alized results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
1: Hey, all big fans of the show. I just have a quick question. I'm an 18-year-old investor looking to get into the market. I have about $500 to spend and was looking where, where to start. Thought I'd come to you guys. Thanks again for the show.
2: Okay, first of all, you're going to open an account in a uh, discount brokerage firm where they charge no trading fees, none. And that could be, you know, there's a number of them. E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, there's a bunch of them, okay? Okay, so now you put the money in to your now investment account. And then, because you're just starting, you're going to use indexes, okay? And I I would suggest ETF, exchange-traded fund indexes, for an S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. And put a couple hundred dollars in one of those. And then wait a couple more weeks or a month. Put in another couple hundred. And just keep adding in as the market gets ugly. It's uh, ugly now. So this is a good time to start investing, believe it or not. It's a good time. So you can dump it all in at one time today, but just got to make sure you stay with it and don't get frightened as it goes down. No one knows where the bottom is. It could be now. It couldn't. I don't think so. I think you've got more, more to go on the downside, but you need to start somewhere and get involved. It will work. It will. Okay, Goldman Sachs, a strategist, upped their recession fear or call or whatever you want to call it what gets me is that why are they upping it it should have been up already come on we know that How, what, what's the fed doing they're raising rates the inflation is out of control of course they're going the, there's going. the odds are really really strong we're going to have a recession the odds are really really strong the fed's not going to get it right because just look at what i told you earlier on our it, they don't have a history of getting it right so, I, I, I'm what, what concerns me is these people are supposed to be the smartest people around Goldman Sachs. And they're just now, they're strategists now saying that we up in our fear of a possible recession. Where you been? This is, this is why I say, guys, do your own stuff. Don't listen to these experts. I mean, I, the, the thing that really got me to a point where, you know, experts are always wrong... Was the dot before the dot com implosion? When they were experts are coming out saying, "Buy all these dot coms." They had no. These are experts. These are the market pundits, the strategists, the 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 smart people on the street. Buy dot coms They're just going to go up forever, R- right? As a new paradigm, you can't evaluate things based on earnings and sales anymore. They were all over talking about that, and look what happened. That's when I decided that experts are wrong. Don't listen to them. Now, before then, I, I mind you, I still read those reports. But, man, do I take all of it with a big grain of salt. And so should you. Don't believe them. So this is Goldman Sachs saying they're upping their inflation fear. Well. And then they go on explaining why. Well, <laughs> it's a stupid. Yeah, we know it's inflation. That's one of their reasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's one of the reasons that they're – oh, and then the inflation's rising and the Fed's raising rates fast. Yeah, we didn't know that too. I mean, things that – you know, anybody who's been doing this for five minutes would have known that. So why are they telling us this is why they raised their – you see what I'm saying? It's like you're wasting my time reading this article. Yeah, so – just, just kind of takes me off a little bit. Just a little. This is a vast Talk. Justin and I have uh, said many times that we appreciate our diverse audience when we do. And, in fact, we receive caller questions from around the world and across America. So let's take a question now, this time from a listener in Denmark. Hello,
0: in this Talk. Yannick from Denmark here. Thanks for a great show and listen every day have a question about hard assets. You mentioned uh, recently that uh, we're in a period where hard assets um, perform very well, things like industrials and so on. So I wondered about banks, that money isn't really a hard asset. An, and still, you mentioned that for the financial sector historically does well in inflationary periods such as this. So would you say that banks are a good sector at this time? And secondly, I had a question about U.S. Bank Corp. ticker symbol USB versus Bank of New York Mellon. I was considering buying either one of them. Like to hear your opinion. Many things.
2: Bye. Yeah, banks usually do pretty decent in inflationary periods. They they generally do because they rates go up and they're able to you know still capture their profits. The problem with that is offsetting the possibility of recession where banks don't do very well. So uh, you want to buy the banks and it's okay to buy the banks, but you just want to make sure you buy them cheap. And taking that U.S. Bancorp, who is a, wh- which is a, you know, $68 billion company paying a 4% dividend. The stock is $46 and they're going to make $5 and 21 cents next year. So that's a pretty low valuation, but, their lowest has been a seven P and that means the stock could go to thirty-five. So I think I think you can be patient. I think that will go cheaper before you had to pick, before you want to pick it up. I just think it will. Okay. Eight 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 ninety nine chart, eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. I have a trivia question before the break. Every now and then it, it, it can be constructed to look at one of the legendary publicly traded companies. I'm thinking of a company started in eighteen ninety-two. That's 130 years ago, by the way. General Electric. And one of its founders was inventor Thomas Edison. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. GE was one of the original 12 companies listed on the newly formed Dow Jones Industrial Average. One of 12. There's 30 now. Can you name several of the other initial companies? At the break, I'll give you the answer. But give me a call. 888-99-CHART.
3: InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.
0: Please tell your friends and family members that they can download our weekday podcast for free anytime at investtalk.com or iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And when you download and listen, please be sure to rate our podcasts. Our Anytime listener line is open, and Steve and Justin are taking your calls now. 888 99 chart
2: 888 99 chart. So, I had a trivia question for you and talk about GE and the Dow Jones Industrial 30. Well, they didn't start at 30 stocks. They started way back in, I don't remember when. Let's see, did I have the date here? It was 1896. They only started with 12 companies. So, what were some of the other companies? General Electric, you know, of course, is still around and big and had hard times in the last 10, 20 years. But General Lake is, is still around, but was removed from the Dow Jones Industrials in 2018. Did you know that? Replaced by Walgreens, Boots, and Alliance. Anyways, some of the other companies way back then. American Cotton Oil Company, now Hellman's and then Best Foods, and now is part of Unilever. American Sugar Refining Company was Domino uh, Domino Sugar in 1900, now Domino Foods. United States Rubber Company changed its name to Uniroyal in 61, merged with Goodrich Corporation in 86, and, and of course, that's the tire business, and now it was brought out by Michelin. So, kind of interesting. You know, uh, Edison was in school for only three months, and they kicked him out because of hyperactivity. And he's only had a, what a thousand patents in his lifetime, mm-hmm. so it's kind of an interesting story. He he died at age eighty four in nineteen thirty one. Nineteen thirty one died at age eighty four. Smart guy. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. That's my number. Do you have it's Jorge? I don't see anything being. We're going to talk to Edgar from San Diego. How are you doing, Edgar?
0: Hey, I'm fine, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. All right, great. Uh, Steve, I was looking at this company, Green Realty, and I was wondering what you think, and is this dividend at about, I think it says 6. 6.2 or whatever. Do you think they can make it, and what's a good uh, entry point?
2: Okay, SLG is the symbol, SL Green Realty Corp. Is that what you were talking about? Yes. Okay, it's a REIT, a real estate investment trust. And to remind everybody, a REIT is a company that's in the real estate business some way, and they have to pay 90% of their earnings out in the form of a dividend to qualify for a REIT. And if they qualify as a REIT, they don't have to pay any income tax from a corporate level. Okay, that's why it's advantageous to REIT. And it's advantageous for you to want to own a REIT because they have high dividends. Okay? This is a $48 stock. Um, they're gonna make $4.49 this year after making seven uh, six dollars and seventy-six last year. So they're gonna lose thirty-four percent of their earnings per share. Then next year they're gonna up ten percent to four ninety-four. So that makes it about a ten PE going forward. Okay? Uh, and they own and manage and lease office properties in the New York Metro area. Okay, so I would submit to you that this is not a good time to own REITs because interest rates are rising, and of course REITs are mortgage uh, are properties, and when they have to refinance or buy new properties, they have to pay more and more expenses because they have the loans are costing them more. So I'm not keen on REITs at this point. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't mean you don't buy any or ever, but I would stay away from the New York metro area office building properties. I think it's gonna be difficult. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, that is Edgar. Thank you. Okay, let's fit in another iTunes review question and want to talk about ExxonMobil. And we all know who ExxonMobil is. It's not you know, <laughs> the largest oil company in the world. About bought ExxonMobil at the start of the pandemic at $43 and it's now trading at 102 Well, it dropped down to 91 the last couple of weeks. weeks. Uh, thoughts on what I should do with this stock? Is it time to take profits? Uh, personally, I don't think so. If the only reason I would take profits is – if it got too heavy of an exposure in my portfolio. Now, he did more than double his money, and I have a little rule of thumb in my head that when you double your stock, it's time to take some off the table. So that kind of rule applies. But I still think, um, I still like this sector. But it wouldn't hurt to take some off the, prof- off the table because you did double. But don't get out. Um, I think oil is still going to be high. Huh? Uh, you know people my I have I've had arguments with various people thinking it's going to go much an oil a barrel of oil is going to go much higher than what it's been. And I said that I thought it would top up out of 120 and it got up to 124, so I was a little off. uh now it's back what to 110 or so. Hundred eleven. Um, many experts are calling for one hundred fifty dollar per barrel, and I've seen it as high as two hundred. I'm I don't believe it's going to go that high. Could it? Yes, it could. You know, uh, I'm just trying to be um, a reasonable high price. It's already a very high price, right? We know that, but I, 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 the demand for oil is still pretty high. But we're moving toward a recession, not just here in the United States. Throughout the world, and that does not mean a lot of pressure on oil prices. Problem is, right now there is. You know, uh, we took here in the United States, we took a, a position of, you know, anti oil. I mean, you, if you have everything oil was evil, right? And, of course, the, the oil companies cut their capital expenditures several, you know, a couple of years ago because, you know, they're thinking, you know, they all they have is headwinds and you still have oil as evil, you know, politicians. So they cut back their capital expenditures, meaning they weren't drilling as much as they were. They don't want to be the evil persons. I mean, they want to make profits. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, they want to make profits. But. But when you have all the politicians, you know, after you and everything's clean energy, I like clean energy, too. Don't think I don't. I do. But when you're anti-oil because you want clean energy and you, you make it difficult, no, that prices go up, especially as demand increases as we're coming out of COVID. It would seem kind of logical that it would. And so and then you add into the Russian thing, and there you go. We got shortages. So I like, I like big oil because I think that they're gonna make profits for some time. I. The demand for worldwide demand for oil is gonna only go up for the next 10, 20 years. Not down, no matter how green we get, it's still going to go up. because there's a lot of third world countries that would be needing it that would like to get off their feet and get on their motorcycles or pop mopeds and use some gasoline not going to be all electric you know not it, it, it's going to become more and more electric i grant you that and i think it's a great thing but you know it's a transition and it's not being managed very well okay that's what i think so 88899 charters our number everybody get love to talk to you give me a call we're always, let's go back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hey, Stephen Justin. My name's Chris from Atlanta, Georgia. I was calling about Big Lots. Uh, I know it's a popular name on your show or here lately. But uh, I'm looking to buying it as it keeps going down and down. The, the has a nice dividend. I believe it should recover some and be able to recoup with that. I was looking at institutional ownership, and it's showing... Over 100% institutional ownership, how can that be? Maybe it's just the data I have, or if that is something, is that a good thing? Is that something I'm looking for in a company, or should I just ignore that altogether? Look forward to hearing your answer. Thank you, guys.
2: never good in a company to have too much institutional ownership. Uh, I'm showing 69% in my in my software, but how can you have over 100%? You can... Uh, using short, you know, short interest, they're, it's kind of unusual, um, uh, but it's possible. You always want some institutional interest in the company because they're the ones that drive prices up or down. And if you have too much institutional interest, like a hundred percent, then there's no room for more institutional interest to come in and drive up the price. Now, this is big lots. B I G is the symbol. They're going to come way down in their earnings. They earned. They're going to earn five dollars and thirty three cents this year. But there's, they're positioned. They're estimating to lose two dollars and forty eight cents a share next year, and then rebound the year after, making two dollars a share into twenty one dollars stock. So it might look inexpensive because if you're looking at last year, this year's earnings of five dollars and thirty three cents, and it's a twenty one dollars stock, you say, "Man, that's a that's a four P well, I, yeah. No, don't look at it that way. Please don't look at it that way they pay a 5.7 percent dividend uh i'm sure they're going to maintain some kind of dividend i don't know how much it would be i'd have to look at their history of payments and see if they've ever cut their dividend or what good return on equity very good cash flow sales fell 15 percent in the most recent quarter so i i stay away Remember, I have been telling you that I think summer's going to be difficult, so there's no big rush to get your money to work. There really isn't, okay? Okay. Um, you know, every once in a while, we like to talk about, you know, KPP Financial. It's summertime. We are officially in summer as of today. Um, So what are you going to do over the summer with your money? Do you... Should you make some changes of your investments? Well, KPP is willing, willing, wanting, and able to help if you want our help. We would love to give you, give you the benefit of our knowledge, and we'll help you any way we can. The market's going to be volatile over this summer. It's still going to be volatile. It's going to be tough. Okay, and we've mentioned that before, but I do think it's worth the, the time to take a minute or two to tell you about. Justin Klein and myself and KPP Financial and what we can do for you. We'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio. Take a look and see how much risk you're taking, how much risk you're comfortable with. We're in Southern California. Um, we will promise we promise, and uh, that we'll give you unbiased guidance. Uh, we also practice parallel investing where we buy and sell the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. Same price, same time. If you want us to take a look or talk to you about your finances, be happy to do it. You don't have to become a client. Just call our offices in Irvine, California, or send me an email. Go to investdoc.com. Just send me a message, me or Justin. Be happy to discuss it. And we really are different. We're different than other people. We are. Because not too many people, not too many money managers or investment advisors out there buy the exact same thing for themselves as they do for their clients. They just don't do it. let's go to Tom in Kentucky hi Tom
0: hey I was wanting to see about Snyder Electric the symbols S is in Sam, B is in Boy G is in George, S is in Sam and Y is in Yankee and one of the things I have a hard time seeing is if some of these companies have a lot of debt I know it's at a 24 week low
2: okay let's look at that company um so it's S B G S Y. Uh, that's not coming up on yes. my. That's not coming up on my software. Eh, pardon me. Yeah, it's a Snyder Electric. Oh, it's like over the counter. So, so, it's, it, 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 so it's on the pink sheets. That means it's a very small company, uh, very high risk. And we don't the data. We don't follow those pink sheeted companies. We don't have the data for all of them. There's so many of them. We we have enough trouble keeping the data straight with the companies that are uh, are traded on the exchanges. Um, uh, It would be very difficult for you because they don't do full reporting um, to find out how much debt they actually really have. Those 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 items on the pink sheet are can be manipulated pretty easily. So I would suggest that you just stay away from the pink sheeted items. It's just too difficult. Now there's some big companies, huge companies that do trade on the pink sheets, and they are, you know, they do have a lot more open and visible. But most of those smaller companies are not. So I would stay away from them. Appreciate the call, thanks, Tom. Okay, iTunes question wants about wants to talk about Disney. Okay, now Disney, Walt Disney Company, you know, they're huge. one hundred eighty nine, $169 billion size. They're going to make $3.99 this year, then $5.58 next year. They have a $93 stock. Sales are in the 20-plus percent range every quarter growth. Return on equity is only 6%, which is not very good, by the way. But they're going to make five fifty five dollars as a $93 stock. So... That's a, probably a fair price. Remember, this stock was 180 to 200 dollars not that long ago. Now it's at 93 dollars, and I'm telling you, that's probably a fair price. Might come down further, but that's pretty fair. So, if you want to be a Disney owner, it looks like this is the opportunity that you're going to get to own it. Now, I'd be, I would wait till the summer passes myself. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now. 888 99Chart.
0: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888
3: 99 Chart. Hey, Steve or Justin. Chris from Florida here. I was just wondering about Laredo Petroleum LPI. Seems like a little bit overbought, but I was just wondering on a pullback, maybe something that might be interesting. It has high debt, which is not good, obviously, in this environment but they just started a 200 million dollar buyback program for some shares and thinking if they like pay some pay down some debt that like this is the kind of company that i should be looking at thanks for the help appreciate it have a good one yeah
2: laredo um petroleum company um I kind of like it. It's out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Engaged in the exploration and development of oil and natural gas in the Permian Basin in West Texas. It's a $1.5 billion company. So they're buying $200 of worth of their stock. It's about what? Taking out about uh, 13% out uh, of the float. 13% of their shares out of the float. It's an $87 stock. They're going to make $28.75 a share this year. Next year, they're scheduled to make $43 a share. Okay, and you look at any way you look at that, boy, that seems pretty darn reasonable. Well, the stock has traded at between 1 and 27 PE. Return of equity is very high, 52. Cash flow is very strong, $21. The negative is they have lots of debt, lots and lots of debt. Sales growth is over 100% a quarter for the last four quarters. Um, The stock has fallen... um, and it looks like it's made a pullback the last couple of weeks from 120 down to 87. So, and it looks like around 87, 88 is strong support. So this might be the place that you want to be a buyer of. Okay. Now I also have strong support in the fifties. So, you know, you never know exactly where it's going to stop, but I, I kind of like it. Um, but again, you know, you want to be very, very careful. Maybe step in slowly and see what happens with the stock. Might be a smart thing to do. Okay. Um, is it time to buy tech stocks? You know, I've, I think I've asked that question a couple of times. Um, ha- we've had a 40 to 60% below two tech stocks, okay? Literally, different stocks have been crushed and some have not. But you still had even big tech, you know, 40 percent hit. So it's a time to start looking at some of those. Maybe, well, if they come in with a good valuation. In other words, you, you have to change your thinking. It's not the valuations of ten, you know, of the last big huge growth market spurt valuations. For instance, if, you know, if you're looking at a big big tech stock and the PE ratio going forward is 12, then you might want to consider that if it's still growing nicely, okay, even though it's a gross stock. So it depends if you got proper valuations. Try not to overpay. Uh, I know the definition, well, what's overpay is difficult, but try to think in terms of normal PE ratios. Now, remember, the S&P 500, normal PE ratio long-term is about 15 Growth stocks usually get a higher than 15 PE. Okay, how about 18 for a growth stock? But not 100. You see, that's the difference. It wasn't that long ago, 100 PE for a growth stock was, oh, okay, so still going up. Well, I think you got to switch your thinking here. It's all I'm asking. Now, change your thinking. Move more to a value set of, that, of rules, a set of growth set of rules, value set of rules. And if we get growth stocks to fit these rules to some degree, then okay, you can consider them. They don't have a problem with that. Okay? And has the Wall Street, have have they priced in a recession? You know, we don't know if we're going to a recession for sure. I think we are. But we don't know for sure. But has Wall Street priced that in? Don't get carried away with today's market thinking, okay, we, we've probably hit a bottom. I don't think so. Just keep your powder dry a little bit longer. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us. At iTunes, if you get that, that's where you get it, that would help us. We like that exposure. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody.
1: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program,